welcome to Any Way You Want It. I'm your host, Kaylin McDuff. I'm an LA-based coach for women who want to create lives based on desire. Here on the show, we like to have real conversations about sex, relationships, and life through talks with everyday people, experts, friends, and everything in between, I give you a plethora of options, different relationship models, new mindsets, perspectives, and paradigms. Listen for what sounds interesting to you and follow that. This is just the beginning of you having a life designed entirely from the specificity of your desire. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Any Way You Want It. Um, I am just completely delighted today um, to be joined by, I'll call her my new friend, um, Carol Briskin. Uh, welcome, Carol. <laughs> you. Lovely to be here. Absolutely. Um, so Carol is a board certified uh, polarity practitioner. Um, she's a certified trauma professional um, and a somatic therapist. She has over 35 years of experience, y'all. And I recently came across her um, through one of my teachers, Carolyn Elliott, who you all know I've also had on the show. Um, so Carol came into um, the, uh, that community um, to teach a session. And, you know, I don't even really remember anything specific from the session. But the thing that I remember is just how it felt in my body to be in Carol's energy field. I will, I just, you know, I, I, I sort of, when I'm in the presence of anyone, right. I can just feel like, Oh, I can sort of feel the level of like spiritual work that people have done in some ways. And, and so I just remember like, wow, there is a level of truth that is just coming through this woman <laughs> that goes far beyond the words that she's saying. And I just want her on the show. I need to talk to this woman. It was like, you know, just a desire comes from the body. And I was like, yes, I just, Carol is my people. I need to talk to her. So, um, Carol, you know, she works with like, um, shifting frequencies and really like working with energy. Um, and so, uh, she had this idea to actually, uh, bring an invocation to the beginning of, uh, the, the show today, which we're going to partake in. And as a listener, you can actually participate too, if you desire. So I'll let Carol take it away. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that beautiful, beautiful introduction. I just, oh, I feel so honored. Um, <laughs> yes, you are spot on. I work with energy and I work with shifting energy at will. I work with how I work with exploring the question, how do we shift consciousness? And consciousness is frequency-based, it's energy-based. So 
before I go into a session with a client, I like to do what we call an attunement, which is setting my own frequency, setting my own energy so that I can be a field in which transformation takes place. So that's what we're going to start with. So I'm going to invite the two of us and including all the listeners um, to just start by rubbing the soles of your feet against the floor. Just to start to feel, where are my feet? Can I start to let the friction of the soles of my feet rubbing against the floor, bring my awareness down to the soles of my feet? And you're going to hear me taking deep breaths. And that's an invitation to you to take a deep and easy breath as well. So our awareness now is on the soles of our feet, and we're going to imagine that there are little headlights, like headlights on the front of a car, headlights inside the soles of our feet, and we can open them up and start to beam a light of energy, beam a column of energy down from the soles of our feet, down through the floor, through the foundation of the building, all the way into the earth itself. And if you imagine that with every breath, energy moves, what we're going to do is take the busyness, the stress, the rushing around of the day, and we're going to let that ride itself out on the exhalation. So taking a deep breath in and letting the tension ride itself out on the exhalation, down the body, down through the soles of the feet, down through the column of energy, all the way down into the energy of earth. So we're actually releasing our stress and giving food to the earth. And so once again, inhaling, And letting the tension exhale, ride itself out on the wave through the soles of the feet down into the earth. And this time as we breathe up, let's imagine that we can breathe up the gifts of Mother Earth. And I'm going to say what those gifts are. You can just let the words wash over you. So the gifts of Mother Earth are density solidity, security, safety, power, grounding, abundance, fertility, juiciness, anchoring, love. And so just noticing what happens with your breath and with your entire body as you let the gifts of Mother Earth rise up through the soles of your feet and fill your consciousness. And so once again, as we drop our own energy down into the earth, through the foundation of the building, deep into the moist, dark, fertile, rich 
loamy soil and really feel sometime when you were gardening or you were walking along the beach and you could feel those tiny warm grains of sand between your toes, sometime when you felt connection to the earth. And one more time, I'm just going to name some of the gifts of Mother Earth and notice what happens in your breath and happens in your body. So those gifts are security, solidity, density, power, fertility, richness, stability, love, nurturance, abundance. <sighs> and continuing to allow the gifts of Mother Earth to move through your body we're going to bring our awareness now to Father Sky. And if you put your attention on the crown of your head, that place where the baby comes out when the baby is crowning at birth, the very top of the head, it's called the anterior fontanelle. And imagine once again that you have a headlight that can just open and beam a column of energy up to infinite intelligence, up to Father Sky, up to the center of the universe. And actually in esoteric literature, there is a term called the Antakarana Bridge, and it is perceived as the divine corridor. And it's divine because it's lined with grace. And so for every effort that we make to reach the etheric realm, the angelic kingdom, they say that there are 10,000 efforts being made on the part of our angels to reach us. It's a tantric thought that whatever you want, wants you as well. So not only do we want the infinite intelligence and the divine guidance of Father Sky, but the whole angelic kingdom wants to give that to us. It's an exchange of energy. And so reaching up into the heavens, into the expansiveness of the infinite intelligence of the universe, recognizing that the same intelligence that orchestrates the movement of the galaxies orchestrates the movements of our mind and of our breath and of our bodies. And so opening to that wisdom, opening up to that frequency, we're going to place this podcast in this field of light, love, wisdom, guidance, higher energy. And we're going to say, I place this podcast, this interview in the light for the highest good. I ask that everything that gets said happens for Kaylin's highest good for my highest good and the highest good of everyone who is listening, whether they're listening right at the time that it's um, broadcast or if it, they're listening to a replay, that we include everyone. And there's a saying in polarity that when you recognize you are merely an instrument of God, you become like a hollow flute. The wind will blow through you and there will be music.
And so I ask that Kaylin and I become like a hollow flute, that the wind blows through us, that we make music, and that music ripples out to everyone listening to this podcast, to all their relations, their family, their friends, their coworkers, their children, their siblings, their parents. And that the beauty we place into this recording goes out into the world for healing, for love, and for rich, deep desire. Mm. So be it. So be so. it. <sighs> Thank you. I feel better. <laughs> wow. <laughs> my, talk about desires. That's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. And one of my favorite things to share. So mm-hmm. thank you for that opportunity. Oh my gosh. I just uh I just love it. And it makes such a difference. Mm-hmm to set an intention and to just energetically clear the space and set the energy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't tell you, uh, in our conversation earlier, I I'm trained as a clairvoyant. And oh. so, <laughs> oh, oh, tell me, tell me, what did you see? So, yeah. Well, so I just, um, I just, everything, um, that you created there, just like the vastness of the, of the space, you know, I could just like, I could just see that. And, um, the, yeah, I just love the way that you described, uh, like mother earth, you -hmm. know, and like the connection to that. Um, so yeah, it's sort of, that's just being witness to that really expanded my practice of, connecting to earth and cosmic energy. Oh, beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Um, I've, I have at times done this practice with people who are clairvoyants Mm -hmm. and I'm not clairvoyant. I'm clairsentient. So it's, Mm -hmm. which is, which fits with the whole somatic therapist thing. I'm able to um, feel energy kinesthetically. And I can feel what's going on even off a person's body. So I can read what's happening in their field, you know, Uh with my hands. But I don't actually see energy, but I've been told by some other people who do that, oh, Carol, there were actual angels coming down. (laughs) I saw Raphael, I saw Gabrielle, and you know, I'm like, oh, (laughs) yeah, I saw us like on a mountain, um, like the truth just like flowing out of us. um, And this just like deep divine connection. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, And it was a lot of like a purple, blue, like very like mystical looking kind of energy. Mm-hmm. So there we have it. Okay. No well, y'all, <laughs> welcome to the show today. Oh, Carol, where to even start with you? Oh my gosh. Um 
So I think this is going to be a really special episode and there's so much, um, you know, for us to, for us to talk about, but just by way of just like grounding my listeners, um, Mm -hmm. I would love to hear just like how you got onto this path originally, you know, what, what was the inspiration and, and sort of, um, I can tell like, this is your life's vocation. Absolutely. And so how did you, yeah. How did you come to that? And where were you before all of this? Um, Well, I, you know, sometimes I often say it came to me because there was a lot of magic around Mm -hmm. how I found this work. Um, In fact, it did come to me. I was, I had, I was just fresh out of college. I went to Brandeis University. So that's in the Boston area. And I was working in the Boston area and I needed a place to live because I was no longer at the college dorm. So I went to this little gathering called the Spiritual Housing Network. And there was someone there who said, and by the way, it was the only time that anyone came to offer lodging people. There were a lot of people always coming, looking for a place, but this was the only times my one and only time I went to it. And there was someone there saying, well, I have this really nice room in a beautiful house. Um, but it can only be for someone who's willing to let the house be used for commercial purposes as well, because I'm starting the polarity wellness center of Cambridge out of this house. (laughs) And I thought, well, I don't know what polarity is for shit, but hey, let me go look at it. And the house was gorgeous. The room was huge. It was in a beautiful neighborhood and it was $200 a month. Oh, so I, what year was this? Yeah. Okay. So just so you know, <laughs> this is, this is 1982, mm-hmm. 1982. Mm. Uh, so, um, so I was like, well, you know, I don't know what polarity is, but I'm taking this soul. Oh, and, my God. and I moved in and almost like maybe a week later, maybe 10 days later, I came home from work and I don't even remember them telling me this was going to be the case, but I walk into the living room and there's this entire room full of people. And there's oh. this man in the front with an easel and a whiteboard, you know, talking about energy and I'm like, okay. Oh my gosh. So here I am. And he was saying there are pockets of energy just locked up in your body waiting to be released. And my first thought was, oh my God, where do I sign? You know, it was like pockets yeah. of energy just waiting to be released. And that polarity was the form of work that turned the key in the lock and released this stream of life force. I'll take it. So, um, (laughs) okay. This is, wait, I want to slow you down for a second. This is so amazing to me to hear this because, um, I'm just imagining this conversation happening in the eighties, right? It's like, there's such, you know, in the last like 20 years, transformation right. has like, you know, I hate to say it, but it's like become trendy, right? It's become okay. like, yes. it has become more mainstream to be mm-hmm. inside of transformation work. But in the eighties, like totally who the radical. hell is like in yes. a living room talking yes. about polarity? I know. <laughs> 
That is like, I just love hearing these stories, you know, about pockets of transformation that happened at that time. Yes. And, and it's been so interesting to be in this field for so long, because I like to say transformation and I were young together, you know, (laughs) totally, totally, you know, because the field was really young in the eighties. In fact, I think that was the decade I had the incredible privilege of working with Peter Levine before he was a rock star. Like he was, because he was part of the polarity community and we had him as our keynote speaker in the 1990s when he first released the book, Waking the Tiger, which was his first, you know, major book. Um, But, you know, it was so radical. My mother thought I was crazy. I mean, she just like, what is this? You know, she just thought it was totally nuts. And it was a really hard sell. I mean, I can't remember Mm -hmm. the number of times people would ask me, you know, what did I do for a living? And I would say, I'm a polarity practitioner. And every one of them, really? What's polarity? And I got (laughs) polarity system of balancing the energy in the body. Like I got so tired of saying what it was, saying what it was that I just changed it to, I'm in the field of holistic health. What do you do? You know, I just didn't even want to answer it anymore. Nobody knew what it was. And this is so interesting because now it's like, Everywhere you turn, I think it's now being overused and misinterpreted in some senses. Like it's, there's like a, just, I don't even, I don't know how to say it. Like there's like a bastardization, I think almost of polarity. Like it's like used, people are using it to like get something or it's like contrived in some senses. I think I, you know, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, but, but to go back to your original thing, like just that, you know, being in a world where people are like, what is that word? I, what exactly. I remember when the word wellness made people laugh because at that time Mm -hmm. it was illness. Illness was the word. And when people first started using the word wellness, which was in the eighties, people laughed. It's like the same. I'll tell you what the next word is that, although now that's becoming common too, you think to mean the opposite of aging to reverse aging, the word you think. I'm you thing. And see, now you laughed. (laughs) That's how people responded to the word wellness in the 1980s. Right. Right. But I can tell you in about 10 Mm -hmm. years, the term you thing will be as accepted as the word wellness. Okay. Y'all, you heard it here first from Carol. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that's true. You heard it here from me. It's funny. Okay. So you go, you get introduced to this pockets of energy waiting to be released. You're like, okay, what is he talking about? I need to be in on this. What, what was the thing inside of you that just felt like that just felt so magnetized to that? Cause people would, you know, I imagine just at that time, like people would have a lot of reactions to that. Mm-hmm. And, but yours was like, Oh no, I need that. What is this? Yes, How would absolutely. you describe what happened in your body? Well, it's exactly the word you use magnetized. Mm. I was Mm. magnetized to this. And what I didn't know, because no one knew this in the early 80s, and certainly no one knew it in the 60s when I was a child, was I was carrying intense trauma. Mm. And 
there, I knew a little bit because one of the family stories was how Carol almost died after she was born. So what happened was I was, uh, the hospital into which I was born, there was an epidemic of staphylococcus that went through the nursery and babies were dying. And I contracted it. We didn't know that, but I went home with my mom and at seven days old, I started showing symptoms of the staphylococcus infection. And it actually happened in my eyes and my eyes swelled over so severely that they were swelled shut. Mm. And my father saw this and went, oh my God, knew, you know, knew what was going on. Ambulances called sirens blasting, you know, rushed back to the hospital separated from my mother, separated from my father, separated from everything I knew in my little seven day old world and put in the intensive care unit to live or die. But when I came back, when I came back home, I was so traumatized. I would scream bloody murder if anyone who was a stranger to me came into the house. They told me that they had to take me out of the room when the cleaning lady came in. You know, wow. relatives told me you wouldn't let you, you wouldn't let anyone pick you up except your mother. Mm-hmm. You know, just your mother and your father. That was it. Anybody else yeah. tried to pick you up, you would start screaming. And I knew, but I didn't know because if you're if something is always with you, it starts feeling normal. But I remember saying to my mom, Mom, I know this is crazy, but that test I'm taking tomorrow feels like life and death. And that was how my whole life was organized. Everything felt like life and death. I had this Mm. constricted chest, this constricted throat. I lived in this internal bubble of fear. So when he was saying, the polarity teacher was saying, there are pockets of energy of life force just waiting for you to be released. I was like, oh my God. Is what this doing. is it oh this my gosh well and and i that is yeah i can just imagine you know and i it's sort of this this conversation is so beautiful because it's it's having me get present to those moments during my transformation journey where it's like there's one thing that's said you know by a teacher or a healer or a coach and it's like oh my gosh mm-hmm. that yeah. just shifts your entire Um, trajectory. Like Mm -hmm. it's so powerful and you can actually, I think it takes something to be open enough to be willing and able to receive it. Like I, what I really get from your story is that you were just in the right place where you could actually open to energetically receive the power of that statement. Well, that's true. And I'll, I'll go ahead and receive the compliment, but I have to say that the other side of it is I was desperate. Desperate. No, totally. Yes. I was totally. desperate. Yes. So I think that those two yes. things are true. That's I, it. That's it. You know, we it. always say there are two things that cause <laughs> yeah. people to change yeah. inspiration and desperation. And yeah. most people wait for the second. And that's exactly it. You know, clients come into me and they're almost always desperate and they'll say, I am desperate. I'm like, that's great because Wait, let's go. Desperate, 
Let's go. Exactly. Because I was desperate when I started and mm-hmm. my whole life took off from that day. Right. Yeah. This power and desperation. I love working with people who are desperate. Oh, oh because my gosh. Risks and they're on an edge. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like there's so much there's so much yeah. potential energy and desperation mm-hmm. and inspiration. But I see a lot more of (laughs) my, yep. I, I completely hear you. Yes. I, I came to this, the feminine path definitely from complete desperation. So that that resonates. Um, okay. Well, so that is, uh, I love just knowing a little bit of the, the foundation here. Um, so I would love to hear what polarity means to you just Mm -hmm. at a very basic level. And then, you know, I think we'll sort of look in the conversation here around telling the truth and desire and we'll see where it goes. But I just want to start with the basics of like for polarity is a word that's being thrown around a lot. Yeah. So how someone who has been in this field for a while, how Mm -hmm. do you see it and hold it? Yes. Thank you for that question. I I love that question. Polarity for me is an entire worldview. It's not just a a form of body work that I practice, even though that's one subset of it. So I think I mentioned when we were in the wealth community and I did that webinar, Dr. Stone, who is the founder of Polarity energy balancing saw the human body as a little microcosm of planet earth with a North pole at the head and South pole at the feet and lines of longitudinal energy and latitudinal energy. So hands-on there's a way that I work that's based on polarity. That's the physics and the science of how does energy move mm-hmm. and the way that energy moves is the way that it carries life force through you. And that's how you restore life force to the body because you understand the trajectories of energy, the meridians and the chakras and the way energy can move. So that's part of polarity. But really for me, polarity is this huge philosophical understanding of how life itself works. So it's based on the step-down theory of energy that everything in its purest form is frequency and it's vibration and it's raw energy. And then to come down into density, it goes through these layers and it goes through air element and it goes through fire element. It goes through water element down into earth. So there's actually like a formula for how we manifest on the earth based on how God manifested on the earth. Mm -hmm. And so polarity is this very dynamic and huge study. It's an esoteric study of the fundamental substance of the universe, which is Mm -hmm. frequency, which is vibration and how that frequency expresses itself. And then how to use that knowledge to restore health to the body, how to use that knowledge to manifest your desires, how to use that bot, that knowledge to polarize the masculine and feminine in the tantric dance. It's, you know, how it's the study and the science of how energy moves through life. Mm. And so to me, it's just. Oh, yeah. yeah, I, um, 
you know, I really appreciate this. Like it feels, um, your relationship to it feels so pure, you know, Mm. just like this is like foundational work. Mm -hmm. And it's just how, uh, like what I hear and what you said, is just like, oh, it's just how, it's just the basic principles of how energy works. And then like, how can you really use it to create the life that you want and to have the relationships that you want? Um, so I think, you know, the, the places where it's used a lot nowadays in the transformation world, like people talk about polarity in relationship, you know, it's like, how do I create polarity? How do I create more polarity? But even in that, I I hear they're using the word in a different way than you do. They are. I think they're using the word and tell me if this, because I'm not necessarily sure how they're using the word, but I think this is it. That part of the, um, part of polarity is the recognition that is we have a positive charge at the North Pole, at the head, we have a negative charge at the South Pole. And how energy moves is through forces of magnetism and repulsion. And when you have a positive and a negative, they're just gonna move towards each other. That's that's the nature of physics. So I think when people are saying they wanna polarize their relationship, when you have a strong positive charge and a strong negative charge, there's a lot of power in that. There's a lot of potential energy to move. The stronger the charge and the more polarized the charge, the more intense. So if you ever look like on the cover of these romance novels, you'll always see these men who have like rippling chests, right? (laughs) Like muscles on top of muscles. And these women who are always in some posture of, of surrender, like their head is back and their neck is exposed and these luscious breasts are exposed in some sort of low cut gown, right? That is visually depicting a strong polarity. That's visually Mm -hmm. depicting masculine power and feminine surrender. And that's a strong positive and a negative charge, which is why there's a certain amount of steamy heat Mm -hmm. just looking at that yeah, cover of that novel, right? Yeah, so yeah when it's they, like the extreme oh, form of it. That's the extreme, that. exactly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when they say, we, I want to get more polarity, it's like, yeah. I want to create more heat. I want to create more charge. I, you know, yeah. I want the energy to build even more intensely because that's, you know, I know that you have a history in studying some Tantra and so do I. Right. Um, you know, that's so much the beauty and the intensity of Tantric lovemaking and sexual sacred arts is how do we build the energy and build the charge so that boom you know when the when the orgasm comes it's such a flooding of life force it's such a such a huge expansion i mean there's incredible power in really knowing how to move masculine and feminine energy 
Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I'm curious how, um, how you see this, right? Like when you, I imagine, you know, you, you, you get so many questions in the world when you're like, oh yeah, I work with polarity. Um, and I imagine, right. People ask you like, how do I, how do I bring more polarity or how do I bring the heat in my relationship? Um, and so I'm curious, like how you see that and you know like from your from your perspective and having worked with so many people um yeah how do you just see that sure um and and happily i don't have to be the first person to see it because wilhelm reich who was the founder of body-centered psychotherapy i mean he could really be credited by as being the father of somatic therapy because he was the student of Sigmund Freud. And he was the first person to say, we hold our neuroses in our bodies. He was the first one to talk about character armor. And it's no accident that one of his classic books is the function of the orgasm. It's no accident that he was completely involved in how energy moves sexually as you know, as part of how do we restore health to a person? So his premise, and it's the same as mine, is every time we fail to negotiate a life challenge, there's some constriction that happens in the body. It could be a tension mm. pattern in the musculature. It could be a visceral constriction, like in your guts, in your abdomen, because that's such a loaded place, both sexually and emotionally, what we feel mm. in our guts. Um, so it could be your abdominal viscera. It could be your chest and your lungs, how deeply you breathe. It could be your throat, your ability to express and give voice to who you are and what you feel. But the constrictions and the tension patterns and the restrictions are manifold. And that's what blocks orgastic pleasure. Every place we have a block in our energy, and every place we have a constriction in our field, in our bodies, that's where the orgasm can't go. So, oh my gosh, if I only knew this like 10 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> well, let's shout it from the you rooftops. Know, I, you and me. Seriously, I'm like that one thing, right? It's like I, you know, I was a 32 year old woman who literally never ha- had had an orgasm. And it's because oh. I was carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders yeah. and so yeah. much shame. And it just yeah. was never, never couldn't move through my body. So exactly. sorry, continue. But I'm like, oh my God, that one thing is just like, right. So brilliant. I mean, that's, you really, you really just said it. I mean, and that's it for everybody. It's wherever they're, whether they're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders, whether they have memories of sexual abuse, you know, as a child. And so they tighten their pelvis as a way of managing that violation. And they're, you know, they've got constriction around their hips and their belly and their thighs, you know, um, whether it's that they are carrying all this fear in their chest and their heart heartbreak and a wall of tension around their heart, whatever it is, all of those restrictions are the things that are both blocking the charge from getting high enough 
orgastically. So um, one of the things for deep, fulfilling sexual function, you need to be able to allow a charge to build. And I'll reference Luis here in that podcast you did with him. You know, for people who have trauma, it's hard for them to hold a charge because charge itself can be a threat. So you have to be able to build the intensity of the energy and the arousal in your body. And then you also have to be able to let go of control and let it move as it wants to move, not as you want to move. And that's one of the things I have really noticed with the women I've worked with who are pre-orgastic. It's every one of them down to the last one has a control issue. You know, it's like, oh, yeah so hard for them to trust that if they let go of control, anything actually good can happen. You know, like they have this coupling of I let go of control and the shit hits the fan. The fan. Whoa. Okay. I just got this hit or not hit. I just got that. I'm just really getting something from what you just said. Um, The like allowing the charge to build arousal piece and how that plays out in relationship. And I'm just seeing how like people who can actually hold sensation in their bodies they are so much they are equipped they're well equipped to have great relationships yes because they can actually hold the energetic frequency of whatever truth wants to move right and they can Mm -hmm. stay conscious doing that and then they can hold that like they can hold the energy and actually allow it to build like you said Yes, exactly right. And what you said is so beautiful and and so true. Truth has energetic charge to it. Just truth. When we speak the truth, there's a frequency and a power to that. And that's so much a part of my work is actually creating a safe space for people to unwind from their justifications, intellectualizations, and to really speak the truth of their body, to speak the Mm -hmm. truth of their heart, to speak the truth of their viscera, you know, to speak their gut truth and their heart truth. Um, So, and that does, that has, there's a charge to that. There's power to that. And you do have to be able to manage that power to manage that charge um in order to have a really deep deep relationship not just a the kind of superficial arrangements that many people have (laughs) totally totally i like superficial arrangements transactional yes transactional exactly relationships I bring you this commodity. You give me you that. Bring commodity. This. Yeah. yeah. I think that's how it is. Unfortunately for so mm-hmm. many people yes. because, and they're just not actually being straight about that. Yeah. You know? Like, can you imagine yeah. if people were like, you know, I would actually just like to have a relationship where we just have sex. I'm not really interested in the like other parts of it. Does that work for you? What do you think? <laughs> you know, like if people were just straight about that, <laughs> If people were just straight about anything, anything. You know, that, would, that, would, that would change the world. I remember saying to my mentor, actually, David, um, at one point I was, I had been invited into a polyamorous community and I looked at it and I, I kind of went, you know, what I said to David was, 
You know, most people can't manage true intimacy with each other, other, let alone a community of people. And he looked at me and said, Carol, most people can't manage intimacy with themselves. Yes. And I was like, oh my God. Was, thank oh my you. God. That was so true. Oh most my gosh. Can't manage intimacy with themselves. Oh my gosh. Can manage a partner before they even think about you know, anything else. Yeah, I know. Oh man. I feel, yeah, I feel the same way. I'm like, when people are talking to me about polyamory, I'm like, do you understand the level of skill that it takes to do that? Well, exactly. Do you even know what that is? Avoiding the challenges of monogamy or the challenges of solitude by, you know, using yourself in, you know, the high drama of, Yeah, totally, totally. And just, you know, for my listeners out there, right, y'all know, I want you to have whatever relationship dynamic you want. But the thing that Carol and I are pointing to here is that like, so many people like fantasize about these different things. And it's like, hold on, can we go back to square one? Where did you abandon yourself? (laughs) Thank you. Yes. And where do you... um, systematically betray yourself? Where do you keep betraying yourself? At what point in the charge? At what point do you become afraid of losing someone else and then lose yourself in the hopes of holding on to someone else? I mean, these are, you know, these are the deep relationship questions and all of them have resonance and all of them have correlations in the body. And that's why I love working with the body because every single issue we're talking about. And I also thank you. I just want to go on the record. I am not anti-polyamory. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I know you're not. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I I am, I'm pointing to the exact same thing. It's like, start with being monogamous with your heart. Oh my gosh, Carol. Start with being true to your inner beloved. Like what, what would that take? And, and what would that take? What does that mean to you inside your body? You know, it's one of, oh, well, here we are. We're coming almost towards the end of our interview and coming around to something I had thrown out to you in an email of like difference between desires of the head and desires of the heart. And you know, that journey that they say the longest journey you will ever make is from your head to your heart. You know, Mm. what does it take to have direct communion and, and direct lovemaking with your own soul, with your own heart? You know, what, what does that take energetically? What does it take somatically? What does it take emotionally? What does it take psychologically? Just all of those questions and all of them. You know, you asked me, what is polarity? What we're talking about right now to me is polarity. Polarity is the awareness of the multidimensionality of life, that life is constantly happening at the level of density, at the Mm -hmm. level of emotions, Mm -hmm. at the level of spirit, at the level of our you know, emotional, psychic, energetic lives. And to be able to, you know, Dr. Stone was just this amazing man. And he, um, he saw the spine, the human spine as the keyboard. And he said that our role in life was to learn to play 
all the notes. Yeah. To be able to play the low notes and the high notes and to not shy away from any of the sounds, but to somehow find a way that we could be harmonious, to find a way to be harmonious inside our own souls. Oh my God. Yes. Which is like, just, I hear in that just resonance, Mm -hmm. resonance, such a deep, um, that is such a deep skill. You know, oh, oh, it's the skill of not just one lifetime, it's the skill of many lifetimes. I I was gonna say it's the skill of a lifetime, but I love that you're saying it's the skill of many lifetimes. Yes, yes, yes. It's so, um, yeah, I just don't know how you really teach that. I mean, it's just like people just have to get into their bodies, that's the only thing I know. That's exactly it. You you don't teach it, people become it. And they become it because they start to inhabit their own being. Right. Oh my gosh. People become resonance when they inhabit their own being. Wow. And people become multidimensional when they inhabit their own being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, I, you know, as we, as we start to get towards the end here, do you have any like last thoughts that you want people to hear about, um, just the connection of the truth to the body and, um, yeah, just how all of that is just, it's so interrelated. Mm. Well, I think we, we're able to actually convey this. I I think the thing I really want to say before we close is to say, thank you, Kaylin. This was just such a, such a luscious, rich tapestry of a conversation that we were able to weave together truth and embodiment and sacred sexuality and charge and life force and polarity and, and playing music on the keyboard and, you know, that, that mm. conversation could be such a beautiful weaving of all those threads. And that right. to me is what polarity is, because it's not like we try to isolate the truth in some way. It's that the deeper we dive into the body and inhabit the body, the deeper the truth just surfaces. So that interrelatedness just, you know, it's been weaving through our conversation (laughs) and it's been weaving through, you know, my work. It's just, thank you. This, cause this, this podcast has, has been such a, uh, it's been such a vibrational match to who I am and what this work is. It's like, it's like, it's very much like how you started this podcast when you said, you know, I don't remember the specific things that Carol said, but I remember how I felt being in her energy field. And this is what you and I have just done today. We've created fields. Yeah. And I just have no doubt that anyone listening will just feel enveloped in that, you know, the field will just ripple out. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Well, this is, I'm just, it's so wild. Yes. I just am like such a yes to everything you just said, you know, and I, um, 
Yeah, I think the thing I want to offer to people is to just notice where you are a vibrational match with people and then Mm -hmm. to like follow that. Like Mm -hmm. if you follow that, these are the relationships that are going to be nourishing and sourcing and supportive Mm -hmm. when you are an energetic match and then keep raising your frequency and you can call in people like carol oh my god (laughs) you know like that's what i'm really getting from this whole thing i'm like i don't even know what we just said for the last hour (laughs) you know right it's like both of us get to feel at home and at ease because we are like in our home channel right now we really are we really are yeah Yeah. so cool oh my Uh, god what a treat Well, I just don't think this is the last time that Carol and I are going to be having a conversation. Definitely not. Definitely (laughs) not. Um, And, uh, but I, you know, for my listeners um, who feel moved or inspired, you know, by what you shared today, um, I would love for you to share, you know, just about how people can work with you, how they can get in touch with you if their interest is piqued. Absolutely. So the first and easiest thing is just email me at Carol Briskin. C-A-R-O-L-B-R-I-S-K-I-N at gmail.com. Easiest thing to do just, and that's exactly what you did after the webinar. You just shot me an email, desire to have you on my podcast. So just shoot me an email, go, I heard the podcast. I want to work with you, (laughs) you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I, I do a number of things because of COVID, I've actually learn to adapt my hands-on work to being able to work virtually. That was yeah. quite, that was quite something. So primarily my work is hands-on because I'm a somatic therapist. And yet I had to figure out how to adapt that. So now I'm working with people all over the country and it's very well, exciting because I'm able to do yeah. that. And then uh, sometime in 2022, I don't have a date yet, but I do plan to start teaching. And so I would love for anyone who'd like to study with me, send me an email, get on my email list and you will be notified when I, when I start teaching and you'll also be notified when Kaylin and I do our next podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. There's something here. Um, awesome. Well, and we'll include all um, your email and everything in the show notes. Um, and I just have so much gratitude for you and your divinity. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. Mwah. All right. Bye everybody. Bye-bye everyone. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you got something from this episode, please share it with someone in your life and pop on over to iTunes to give us a five-star review. I'm so committed to more people custom creating their sex, relationships, and lives from desire. And this podcast is a big part of that. If you have ideas for the show or want to learn more about working with me as a coach, head on over to my Instagram at Kaylin McDuff or my website, kaylinmcduff.com. See you next time.